0: Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 2, beginning with verse number 22 this morning. We still have uh, the tree up. We still have the poinsettias here barely hanging on for one more week so that we can do one of our our last song of Christmas. And we have looked through uh, the book of Luke and... uh, and the coming of uh, Jesus Christ in the manger and uh, the announcements of those things and the songs that it inspired of praise that we heard from Mary and from Zechariah and from the angels who sung to us last week those great songs. We come to uh, Luke chapter two twenty two for our final song this morning that we have actually seen his salvation, that there was someone that was actually looking forward to this very hour that Jesus would come and that it would be the opportunity for us to know Jesus Christ and to actually have salvation in our hearts and our lives. And it's amazing how it's worked out today that we've talked this morning in, uh, in John 3.16 and we talked about being born again. And we're going to read and we're going to talk this morning about the coming of salvation for all people. And it's like that Jesus wants to tell us as the church this morning that this message needs to get out, that we need to rejoice in our hearts and our lives, that salvation has come. But even more importantly, even more importantly, he wants us to share it with other people because there are a lot of lost and dying people out there in the world. And there are very few people that are gathered here this morning in the church. And the Lord wants us, To bring those people who are out there in here. And we should live this year for that to be our purpose. To make Jesus Christ's name known throughout the world. So let's just think about the joy that was shared by Simeon this morning. As he heard and actually saw Jesus Christ for the very first time knowing who he was. May we see him for the first time this morning in our hearts and our lives, and do like him, and share that news with the rest of the world. So let's read together in Luke chapter two, beginning with verse number twenty-two, where we read it says, "And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present uh, him to present him to the Lord." And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when he, uh, present, and when his parents were brought in uh, Jesus uh, Christ Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, "'Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace.'" according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for the revelation of the Gentiles, or uh, for the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what they had said about him, and Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was, and there was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phineal, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband for seven years, and when she, from when she was a virgin, and there she a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the many things that you've blessed us with. Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that as we open it up, Lord, for just a few minutes this morning, Lord, that our hearts will be open to, Lord, what you're speaking to each and every one of us. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that during this time, Lord, you'll just speak through me. And Lord, that you will just speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our final song of Christmas takes us to the temple. It takes us to a place of, uh, of worship. It takes us to the place of God's presence. It takes us to the place to which people were together and to to worship and sacrifice to God. It was a place where there was to be singing and there was a place there was supposed to be praying and all of these things taking place. But a lot of the stories we read in the New Testament tells us some very dark things about the temple, that there were all types of people who came to the temple, There were the Pharisees and the Sadducees who came to the temple. And we knew that their hearts really weren't set upon God. But their hearts were set upon their power. Their hearts were set on rituals. Their hearts were set on traditions. Their hearts were set upon themselves. And then we hear about Jesus' cleansing of the temple and how people had set aside the prayers and had set aside the court of the Gentiles, where people from all over the world were to come and to worship God, and they had turned it into a marketplace. They had lost their focus in the temple. They have lost their focus in the church. And then Jesus tells the parables about people in the in the in the temple where there were some people who would come and they would come to pray to God, but they weren't praying to God. They were praying to other people and they would stand boldly and they would stand arrogantly and they would stand proudly talking about how great they are and how good it was that God actually had them apart and how they were glad that they were not like sinners who are all around them. There were all types of people there in the temple and just like you'll find in the church, there's all types of people, isn't there? There's some strange people. There's some weird people. There's some sinners. There's some hypocrites. There's all types of people, people who are focused upon their own power, people who are there just to be seen. But just like in the midst of our church, we see in the temple this morning that there were people like Simeon, was identified as someone who was righteous and devout. He was someone who wasn't worried about what the rest of the people in the temple around him were doing. But he was there to serve the Lord. And the Lord identifies him as someone who was righteous and he was devout and he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And what does that mean? is that even while the world around him was in a disarray, even while they found themselves as being a conquered people, and even when he found so much corruption in the very faith to which he believed amongst the leaders of that faith, he believed as he read through the scriptures that one day that God was going to send a Messiah and that Messiah was going to make things right that Messiah was going to bring salvation. And he was looking forward to that day. And isn't it great for us to know in our hearts and our lives that as wicked as the world is around us and as crooked as the church can be sometimes and as weird and as unholy people that can seem to come in the church, we can look forward with great hope knowing that one day Christ is coming back to make all things right. And so that's what he was celebrating. And so here was a man who was righteous and devout. Here was a man who was looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. And here was a man they said was full of the Holy Spirit. And it's with that attitude that he came into the temple. Can you just imagine? how different our worship would be if that was the disposition that we came into the Lord's house in, that if we were righteous and devout in our own lives, if that we were actually reading the Scripture and actually doing what it said, if we were living the way that Christ wanted us to do, and we came with that attitude, and not only coming with a righteous life, But also a great anticipation of hope, knowing that regardless of how bad the world is around us, we have hope knowing that Jesus is coming back to make things right and that we are looking forward to it. But too many times we come to the church and, buddy, we're just down. And we're just down because of what the politicians are doing. We're down because of what's happening in Jackson. We're down because of what's happened across the street. We're down because there used to be so many people here, but now there's not so many. We're so down because we don't have the hope of the one day that Jesus Christ is coming back to make things right. And that should always give us that hope. That should always be giving us a reason for praise. I got to read um the book of Revelations this week. And you get there towards the end where we put that beast in jail, when we get rid of that, uh, that woman, we throw her off, and God comes back and Jesus comes back and he rules upon this earth and there's no more tears, there's no more crying, there's no more war, there's no more bickering, there's no more none of that, buddy and I just get excited. And looking forward to that is what should motivate our hearts as we come into worship. And so he approached the temple as a good and righteous man, and he approached the temple looking forward to what Jesus was going to do, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And it's with that disposition that he entered in the temple. He was ready for God to do something. He was expecting God to do something. It may have been hard for him to wake up that morning just like you were because you stayed up all night shooting all those firecrackers around the house, scaring my dog. But you're here and you drug yourself out of bed and now you're here, but you're coming with a great expectation that God's going to do something. You come in the sense of the Holy Spirit. You come with a word of praise because of what he's done and what he's going to do. And so, as he comes to the temple in that disposition, as he's there praying and as he's there, as he's there praising, the Spirit speaks to him. A lot of people ask me, "Why don't I get anything out of the church? Why don't I get anything of that service?" And it's usually two people's fault. You know, it's that sorry song leaders fault because they ain't singing the right songs. That's why I'm in the Spirit. It's that sorry preacher. He don't know how to preach right. That's why I can't get in the Spirit. But we understand that if you really want to get the Spirit moving, if you really want to feel the sense of the Holy Spirit in your times of worship, it comes within your own heart. And if you live your life in accordance to what God's Word, and if you live righteously, and if you live your life in the hope and anticipation of, of the coming of the Lord Jesus. And if you come within your own heart, fully connected through the Holy Spirit, through your times of prayer this week, then the Holy Spirit will move in your heart and your life, and it don't matter what else is else going around you and what those people are getting out of it. If they're thinking about their pot roast, if they're thinking about the huddle house, if they're thinking about Fernando's, let them think about it. But as for you, let the Holy Spirit moving you and maybe it'll catch on and so he comes with that disposition and it's in that disposition that the Lord speaks to him he said Simeon I got some good news for you you know what you've been longing for to see the coming of the Christ and he gave them the promise that you will not pass away until you get to see it with your own eyes and as as luck would have it that day in comes Mary and Joseph Finishing their time of purification, they come to offer the sacrifice of the firstborn. And as poor people, they offer the lowest offering. Two turtle, do- a turtle dove are pigeons. And they come to bring their sacrifice. And as Simeon looks over there, he sees and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and said, There he is. Boy, how excited that had to be! He looked forward his whole life for God to send the Messiah. And now, in his old age, he gets to see him with his own eyes. And he goes and he grabs the child and takes him up in his arms. And then he begins singing. And then he begins praising. And listen to what he says in his song. He says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He's saying, Lord, you have fulfilled every promise in my life. Isn't that something we could pray in our heart and our life? That the Lord has kept his word to me all of my life. He said, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all- people, I get to see the one that you have sent to bring salvation to all people. That through Jesus Christ, he says, I know that that's the one that you have to bring salvation. And then listen to how he describes it. He says, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and to the glory of your people, Israel. He was to be a light a light of revelation to the Gentiles. See, the Gentiles lived in darkness. Why did they live in darkness? Because they didn't know the truth. They didn't know the one true God. God had not revealed himself to them. He only revealed himself to God's people. God's people were supposed to go out and and tell other people about God, but they did uh, about as good with that as we do with that. And so... They were in darkness. They didn't know the one true God. They didn't know anything about him. They didn't know anything about his character. They didn't know that he was the great I am. They didn't know that he was salvation. They didn't know that he was the creator of the world. They lived in total darkness. But Jesus Christ came to reveal God, not just to the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. That's what Christ is for us. He reveals God to us. He gets to show us his character and his ways and what's required of us. And he said, not only am I the light of revelation for the Gentiles, but I am also the glory, or he is also the glory of your people, Israel. In other words, it's what it's all been leading up to. It's what it's been all about. Everything beforehand was looking forward to the one day that the Messiah was going to do. You know, all that sacrifice you've been doing and all those trips you've been making to the temple and all that washing, it was just only a picture. It was just only an analogy. It was only just something to get re-ready for the one that I'm going to send to you that truly is going to be the once and all in sacrifice, the one who is going to cleanse you of your own unrighteousness and the one who will allow God to dwell within your heart. And as we read in Ezekiel this morning in our Sunday school lesson where he talks about how he is going to cleanse us, he is going to cleanse us from our sins and cleanse us from our unrighteousness and that he was going to give us a new heart and that he was going to put his spirit within us so that we will be careful to follow all of his statutes and obey all of his rules. It was what the Gentiles didn't know they needed. And it was everything that the people of Israel hoped for. Jesus Christ, as he sat before them. And uh, Mary and Joseph, they just marveled at what was being said, and I'm sure they didn't really understand it all. And Simeon continues to go under the say, and he talked about that how Jesus was going to cause the rise and fall of many people in Israel, and he was going to reveal the hearts of many. And you just really think that as Jesus walked throughout his ministry, he encountered Jews, and he encountered Greeks, and he encountered all types of people, and we found out what was on their hearts. Even some people who claimed to be Pharisees, even some people who claimed to be godly rejected Jesus Christ, and it really showed that their heart really wasn't towards God. It was only towards themselves. You see, Jesus comes to bring salvation, but that salvation creates a dividing line. It's one group of people on this side and one group of people on that side, and there's no middle ground. There's no third way. You either believe in Christ Jesus or you don't. You're either going to be with Christ in heaven or you're going to be in hell. You accept him, you reject him. You obey him, you disobey him. Jesus is the line that ultimately will divide us all. I you this morning, what side of the line are you at? And so Simeon received this great notice and shouted a great song of praise. But there was also someone else there at that temple that day, Anna. Anna got married when she was young. She lived with her husband for seven years. Then he died, and she lived as a widow until she was 84. And she spent that whole time as she was a widow, daily at the temple, fasting and praying with a one simple prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. Waiting anticipation, just like Simeon, for the Messiah to come. And as she sees Jesus and understands who he is through the Holy Spirit, she says, and she goes out and shares all the news with what's the group? The people who were looking forward to the restoration of Israel. You know, there are a lot of corrupt people. There at the temple. There are a lot of people who are in the temple who was lost as the people that were outside the temple. But yet there were some people there truly worshiping, truly looking forward to God. And it's those people that recognized Jesus for who he truly was, that recognized in him that he was the way of salvation. And so I pray always in our hearts, and our lives, that we be the true worshipers of the temple, that we allow God to fill us, that we allow God to motivate us, that we allow uh, God to lead us in every day of our life, that we do not cling on to this world and that we are not discouraged by this world, but we look forward with great anticipation for the one day that the Lord will come and make things right. And it's with that attitude and with that word of praise, of hope in our heart that we bring into this building every Sunday and every Wednesday and every time that we come together. Every day singing, every day praising, and every day praying. Oh, Lord Jesus, come soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the many things that you blessed us with. Lord, we just thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, the salvation of the world. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning has seen him, has seen him for who he truly is. Seen him as the one way for eternal life, the only way for which our sins can be forgiven. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we dedicate ourselves this morning to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing a hymn of...